1: Log Talk Radio Transformation Radio. I won't just survive. Oh, you will see me thrive. Can write my.
2: What is up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Transformation Radio 2.0. Oh, that's right. Transformation Radio 2.0 oh, where we provide a safe space for the uncomfortable and unpopular conversations that are connected to our personal life transformation. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, I'm a purpose strategist, transformation coach, author, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose. Tonight's intro song was Rise by Katy Perry. Listen, I've been using that song a lot lately. I think I've adapted or adopted that song as the song for this show. Why? Because I want everybody to understand, regardless of where you are right now, you have the ability scratch all that. You are about to rise. You are just one conversation away. From rising, whether that's a conversation with yourself, or as I like to believe, a conversation that you will hear either on Transformation Radio, that's the fourth Friday of every month at 9 p.m. right here on the Off the Chain Network, or a conversation you will hear on Transformation Radio 2.0, the third Monday of every month right here on on uh Off the Chain on the Off the Chain Network at 9 p.m. I believe these conversations are going to help you rise. Do you believe me? If you believe me, clap your hands right now or just whatever. I don't even know what you can do. I can't see what you're doing anyway. But just stand in agreement with me that you are about to rise. Listen, I see my guest is all home. We're going to get right to him. I'm excited about tonight's conversation. I can't speak for anybody else. But I believe that something is going to be said tonight that's going to shift or transition us even further into purpose or farther into purpose, all right? Here we go. Let's keep going, all right? As I said, I've adopted that as my theme song, even for my own personal life. And here's the question of the night. night. And for those who may not be aware, the question of the night is something we started probably a couple shows back where I ask a question. And if you call in to speak to our guests or to myself, you're also able to give your answer to the question of the night. Now, here's what tonight's question is. What are some areas of your life that you will confess arising in? That you are about to experience arise in? What what areas of your life are you willing to confess those that in? All right. So when you call in, to ask your question or call in to share the conversation, also be ready to answer the question of today, to, of the night. Again, as I said, we have an amazing guest, but before we get to him. Those of you who listen uh, to Transformation Radio or Transformation Radio 2.0, you know there's a disclaimer I always give, and I'm going to give that same disclaimer again on tonight. This is a space for divergent individuals, which means that our guests and even myself, we have divergent backgrounds and and, and experiences. Therefore, we will have different belief systems, and we will just – our perception of things may be different. And that's okay. We may not always agree, and I'm talking to the callers that call in as well. I want you to understand, you have the right to disagree with myself, with the guest, and or another caller. However, we're always going to disagree in a respectful manner, and we're always going to hear each other out. As I said earlier, this is a safe space for those uncomfortable conversations, those unpopular conversations, and I always want to create an atmosphere where those who have those, uh, those unpopular beliefs feel comfortable enough to express them in a manner where they don't feel judged or feel as if they're going to be attacked, all right? So tonight, as you call in, I want you to keep that in mind as well. When you call in, you're going to have 60 to 90 seconds. Why? Because I want to leave an opportunity for others who may want to call in, and I want to give our guests enough time to share what it is that they desire to share, okay? So don't get offended if I cut you off
3: uh, or I
2: I have to cut you, you know, a little short. I'm doing that out of respect to everybody. Now, there may be times when I allow some people to go beyond those 60 or 90 seconds, depending on what is going on. You know, if there's something going on and we need to go on more than that time, I will allow it. I don't want anybody to get offended if I allow someone to go a little longer than I allow you. Just understand it's just a flow that we're in on that night, okay? So, again, I want to hear from each and every one of you. We value you. There would be no show without you. So I want you to call in. I'm going to open up the lines a little later on. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. All right? So now we've got all the preliminaries out of the way. There's nothing left for us to do but to welcome back to the show. That's right. He came on before. We had a great interview, but we had some sound issues. And, guys, we have been working through, uh, I would say, the growing stages of this show. You know, this is a whole new venture for me. And I've been learning as we go. And I'm grateful for the guests that we've had sound issues that have been willing to come back, and he's one of those that have been willing to come back. Uh, As you know from the advertisement, he is a spiritualist and a thought provoker. He is a teacher, guys, and I want you to understand that tonight, even though we're going to be having a conversation, I want you to take your pen out, your pencil out. I want you to write your pen or however you're going to do it or type it on your phone or type it on your computer. I want you to take down these principles that are about to be released from this very conversation, all right? So without further ado, I want to welcome to the show Mr. Samuel Bellspires. Samuel.
3: Thank you. yes, thank you. Good evening.
2: Good evening. Good evening. How are you tonight, sir?
3: I'm well, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Again, I thank you for your willingness to come back on. Uh, even though you know it was issues from our end. I appreciate that.
3: Well man, it's it's a pleasure and I really enjoyed being on the last time and I really Really wanted to be on again, and I'm really grateful and honored again that you consider to even have me on, and um, I'm excited to 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 get into this.
2: <laughs> All right, sounds good to me. Listen, we're gonna dive right in. We're gonna start it a little different than we did the last conversation, okay?
1: Okay, so, that's good.
2: So basically, as I said, on oh, uh, as I was doing your introduction, you identify as a spiritualist. Am I correct? That's right. Okay, many find that very term to be spooky or strange or even against the will of God or of the devil. For our listening audience, can you take a little time to explain what a spiritualist is and how you got to this uh, place where you identify yourself as a spiritualist?
3: Um, sure, I, I definitely can empathize and understand um hesitancy and people feeling a little put off by someone calling themselves a spiritualist, especially with the plethora of religions that exist in the world today. Um, specifically to me, uh, a spiritualist uh, simply is a person or an individual that acknowledges you know, the existence of God, of a prevailing force, a preeminent force that Exist outside of matter, outside of time, outside of space, um, that is the creator of everything. Um, specifically, you know, with regards to my spirituality as a spiritualist, I don't identify God as being the or some figurehead of a specific religion. Um, instead, I recognize that God is God outside of whatever religious space um, we might uh, find comfortable uh, for our ability to understand him. Um, and so for that matter, um, a, a spiritualist really seeks to understand God and all that is encompassed in that, um, that being and um, yeah, share that with the world, share that truth and understanding with the world. There's nothing spooky about awesome. it. There's nothing uh <laughs> I'm sorry. There's nothing spooky about it. There's really it's it's not it's not uh hocus pocus or smoke or anything like that. I'm not a I'm not a witch. I don't practice magic. Uh <laughs> um I I do recognize that, <laughs> that there that there are meanings in events in our lives, there are meanings in, you know, uh connections and relationships that we make, there's meanings and there's cause and effect and consequence to choices that we make. And, you know, my, my whole uh, goal or objective um, in, in being a thought provoker, um, if you will, is to get people to ask the harder questions, ask the real questions that they want to ask about, about what God is, who God is, and how God works. And you know, religion puts forth a lot of ideas about God but um it's it's not until we we decide to undertake the the journey of finding God for ourselves that we truly uh learn and get to know him or them, um in, in all they are.
2: Great, great. Now you said something right there where you were saying about uh taking the journey of finding God, you know, from a personal standpoint or on your own, how did you come to that? Because I know a lot of people that have felt as if there is a pull to get to know more about God or to get to know God on a personal level, but they've just been taught that, um, you're just trying to step beyond the boundaries of who God is and where you're about to enter into is a dangerous place and dangerous, you know, uh, Territory for you to go, you just need to calm down a little bit and just
3: <laughs>
2: understand that God in the nature that we've always understood God
3: uh, well, as for my own personal journey um I'm, I'm my father is a bishop, uh, my mom was ordained an evangelist, so she's not uh actively um, engaged in that vein of of her existence and her being. Um, she does attend church, she's a good Christian woman (laughs) Um, but um, so I was raised in the church, I was raised in the Pentecostal church um, as well as exposed to um, African traditions and religions um, at a very young age and even through preteen as a teen, um, as a young man um, was also understanding African traditions and religions um, through uh, the practices of Various family members, and so I was afforded a very diverse uh, education, if you will, um, with regards to different religions and different expressions of worship and God and understanding God, understanding supernatural and spirituality. That those whole realities, um, and so for me, I had a natural draw to. Uh, fantasy and fiction, and still do to this day. I, I love games, video games, and things of that nature. I play those in my spare time. Um, and the idea of God is something that's very prevalent in video games, in fantasy, in, in those kinds of literary, literary works. C.S. Lewis um, is one of my favorite authors. So, you know, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was extremely, extremely um, Fascinating to me as a, as a child. So um, I've, I've read all of his books pretty much. Um, even Harry Potter and just this idea of greater forces or powers beyond our control was something that was always fascinating to me. And the uh, pinnacle of those forces, in my eyes, in my perception, is God. You know, God is the creator. God is the beginning of all of that is, is, if any of that was real you know is real God is the one that uh, has allowed that to come into being into fruition um, and so for me it was kind of like I want to know I want to separate the, the real from the fake I want to know the truth I want to know is there a God are there angels you know what are demons you know are are these just you know scary stories that our parents, our parents tell us you know that we're brought up on to keep us in line and keep us obeying rules um, and in some cases, I found that yes, that is true um there's some a lot of myth that is <clears throat> infused into religion um and that's just I think that is the nature of religion um, historically speaking from the very earliest. Uh, periods of the church, um, we were always, we've always, the church has always juggled with the existing idols and gods of the day and trying to separate itself from everybody else and saying, we are the one true religion expression of God. We have the understanding of God. Um, I think that is arrogant (laughs) and and I I don't you know, uh, 3,000 plus years later we still haven't answered the question that we said we have the answer for which is how to get to God mm-hmm. you know there is the church is hemorrhaging members at this point you know it's, people are leaving the church they're, I shouldn't say they're leaving the church they're leaving this organized art, this organized religion um, and they are still searching for God they're still searching for the truth And it's hard sometimes to filter through all this religious and dogmatic noise that we hear in this day and age. You know, um, it's difficult to really suss out what the truth is. Folks are living their lives chasing breakthroughs, trying to chase enlightenment, trying to chase all these other uh, just superficial things. That don't really lend themselves to a true journey and a true in-depth uh, getting to know God. If I I don't know really how to say what I want to say in this sense, it's just I feel that it's more than just reading a book. It's more than just attending church. It's more than just you know behaving in uh, these ritualistic ways and you know exercising in these these rituals these various rituals. It's more than just that. That doesn't precipitate knowledge of God. It's, I, I believe that part of getting to know God, a part of my journey, a large part of my journey, has been making myself, consciously shutting myself away and isolating myself from everybody um, and mm-hmm. attempting to uh, really just turn off all the noise um, in my head, all the noise that's around me, so that I can hear the inner voice of God that, that rests in me. I believe that God is the creator. I believe that in the beginning, you know, God said, let there be light. And whatever scientific method that accomplished the word of God, I believe that word of God was still preeminent and uh, existed in the beginning and it is the cause of everything that we, that, we, that we see around us. And um, that kind of conviction, to me, is not a Christian conviction. It's just any religion, if you study the religions, the most enlightened people of these religions come to this very same understanding, even outside of religion, scientific minds, mathematic minds, Albert Einstein, um, Bach. You know, these people came to the same conclusion through their various disciplines that, you know, there is this, this force that, that from which creation emanates. And it's just, it's, it's, a compelling, it's a compelling thing and fascinating thing to try to grasp this God, what that means. People try to use God, and I think religion tries to use God, tries to weaponize God in order to uh, make them do something that, that I, I don't know, whether or not they would they would do if they would really care enough to do force people uh, to conform to various behaviors for the sake of salvation that they also say you know you already have I don't understand sometimes with not just Christian doctrines but these very strict codes, even in very strict Muslim sects, sects um, as very or Jewish sects, you know where There are these very strict adherences to behaviors that they're not doing anything for your spirit. They're not doing anything for your soul. You're just, you know, exercising, you know, if if it's going to church and dancing for two hours straight and saying you had a good time, you know, you you could do that at the club. That's not spiritually efficacious. What is it doing for your understanding of God? Sorry, I'm rambling now.
2: no no that, that that was good right there um because i I think as you were talking, it was like I was going through a journey uh back in time, and i you said something about uh chasing a breakthrough, and when you said uh chasing a breakthrough, it kind of triggered something in me, even you know as we went for, as you were going further in the conversation and you were talking about um you know the 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 rituals that I call them rituals, that that we have become accustomed to, whether it is sure. going to church and dancing for two hours, and I love it. You know, I do love that I every now and then. Yeah. Who doesn't? But like yeah. you said, we can do the same exercise at the club, but I always tell people at the end of the day what used to sadden me was I could talk to people and they'd be like, yeah, we had church today. And I said, okay, well, what was the word? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know, but, honey, we danced.
3: Me dance. and
2: they, <laughs> It used to sadden me so much because I was like, okay, so basically you are now boxing God into a dance and or you know a a cliche that has become popular to say and you say it and then you go home and you still find yourself searching for that fulfillment of that emptiness you have. Now you hit something here and you were talking about. um, the way that i I defined it was you were talking about growing beyond it being a a religious uh act to a relationship act where you're talking about getting to yourself and being able to hear the voice of God within. Let's talk about the voice of God within uh because I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with the voice of God within if it isn't confirmed by five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten people or confirmed by somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that they have been on uh, such a great platform or, or, you know, they really look up to and admire. How did you, in your personal journey, you know, knowing that you have a prophetic background and all of those those things, how did you become comfortable with that inward voice of God to understand that if God was telling you, to take three steps forward and one step to the left while everybody else was telling you that God is saying take two steps forward and one step to the right. How did you get comfortable enough with that voice to be willing to stand you know, on your own versus what everybody else is saying God is saying to do?
3: Well, that's a good question. Um, I really believe that the first step in recognizing the inner voice of God, your inner voice of God, I should say, the power that works in you according to the scriptures, uh, is Mm -hmm. to first be real real about recognizing what this voice sounds like. Folks are, Mm -hmm. humans are, you know, instinctually going to look for their five senses to perceive any sort of Anthropomorphic uh, occurrence, whether it be a voice, whether it be a vision, uh, whether it be, um, you know, seeing or, or feeling rather the presence of God. Um, We're looking for our five senses to be stimulated by the existence of something. And if something exists, then one of our senses should pick that thing up. Um, and it's difficult when you're talking about. Something that exists beyond what our senses can perceive. We're talking about God here. Um, you know, it takes you recognizing that God is you, part of you, right? There's there's at least a third of you that is God, that is your spirit, that belongs to God. And there's a you know other third that's your soul, and there's another third that is your body, your flesh. I believe when God yes. is speaking to you, or when the spirit of God that is in you is trying to communicate with you, typically what I find is uh, you will feel motivated to do things, say things, go places, eat things (laughs) that typically you wouldn't do. Um, And sometimes initially that thing may may seem contrary to what You've known contrary to what you've been taught, contrary to what you even believe at the time. Uh, But I don't believe in coincidences. So I believe when I feel like doing something, you know, God gave us a will for a reason, you know, and the scriptures talk about him not trespassing our will. And there's a whole, we can go into a whole debate on, you know, what is the will and all this, that, and the third. And I I don't think it's all that complicated, honestly. It's pretty simple. You, you, you're allowed to make choices. You're allowed to make decisions. <clears throat> and there is a voice that is inside of you that is going to push you towards one decision or the next. Now, there's a reason why that voice is pushing you towards that way. Either you're going towards a way that is uh, disruptive and hopefully transformative, or you're going towards a way that is a little, little bit more, uh, let's say, easily, uh, easily passable. Um, But whichever direction you're going in, um, whatever kind of path you're walking, you have to trust that that path was set for you. Despite the fact that you have the will to choose that path, the idea of God is that they have seen the end. They have seen the beginning. They have seen the middle. They have seen every possible outcome. And while we can't possibly imagine all the possible ways we could screw our lives up or make our lives better, God has. Mm -hmm. God absolutely has. And so whatever you do, God has already calculated that move. And inevitably, it will lead you towards your destiny. Now, you can take a very hard, destructive road toward destiny, or you can take a road that is still going to have some challenges, it's still going to have some hurdles that you have to... you know, jump over, but there's going to inevitably come a point in that road where the path will be made much clearer each step you take. Um, and I think that is something that you should look for when listening to that inner voice. What did that decision that you made yield? What did that choice, you know, what, what consequence did that precipitate? You know, what did you reap when you when you planted that seed, what did you get back out of that? Did it give you anything? If it gave you nothing, then maybe this is a lesson learned. This is not a good way to go. This is not a good method. This is not a good connection. This is not a good relationship. Did it yield fruit? Did it yield you know something that was substantial, something that was going to sustain you, something that is pushing you forward, that is giving you momentum? Then this is good. We should invest more into this kind of thing. You have to you have to be objective enough to to uh, to recognize and admit that the voice of God sounds a lot like your voice. It's you wanting the best for yourself, but there's also God wanting the best for you.
2: Great, and I hope yeah. those of you that are listening that are out there and you struggle with making decisions, I hope that you listen to the way that uh, Samuel explained You know, the whole decision-making process, because I know that uh, some of you that are listening to the show, some of you I've spoken to, and I've shared even my own story, they used to be afraid to make decisions because it had been instilled in you that you want to make sure that you make the right decision, and it has to be the God decision, because if you don't make the God decision, then this is Mm -hmm. going to happen, and that's going to happen, and this is going to happen. But when you process it the way that he just explained that you begin to understand that regardless of what decision you make, take the time to look at those decisions that you make to see, okay, what is the fruit from it? And do I need to continue in this path or do I need to go in another direction? But don't be scared and just freeze up and not do anything. Just step out sometimes and be willing to make those uncomfortable decisions because I always say purpose is wrong. In that place of uncomfortability.
3: Absolutely. Do you agree with
1: that? Is that any purpose
2: being found in the place of uncomfortability.
3: I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think inertia is the worst thing, the worst decision you can make to not move. You know, and there's a difference yeah. between being frozen and stuck in a place and deciding to move through life with an air or with a disposition of stillness. You know, even still waters continue to move. The water on the surface may seem to be still, but there's still an undercurrent that's flowing and keeping that water moving and not stagnating. When you stagnate, you really mess yourself up because you block yourself from making, I shouldn't say you block yourself from making decisions, what I should say is you block yourself from controlling those outcomes. You have the ability to control the outcome of your life if you become an active participant in your life which means you have to make those decisions. But if you continue to just let the decisions make themselves, that's your choice as well, and there's a consequence for that. It's called stagnation.
2: Yes, and if you are experiencing stagnation, this is just a little shameless plug. Definitely visit my website, www.quickandpettyjob.com. Pick up my book, Stagnation to Transformation. You can help me segue right into that, that I moment that. <laughs> that was great. But that was I, great. I like what you said even about still waters uh, running deep, and I, I think that sometimes that helps individuals understand the layers in their own personal life, even though it may feel as if nothing is going on. As long as you're developing that personal relationship with God, you still have something going on deep inside of you that eventually – Is going to produce externally as well, but you are establishing something inside of you that refuses to be stagnant. So I like that. Now I want to give the number one more time. Listen, callers, if you have any questions, if you have any comments you would like to add to this conversation, I encourage you to call in 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. All right. Now, Let's ask a little less serious conversation because, uh, um, question you were talking about, uh, being fascinated with like the supernatural and things like that. If mm-hmm. you had one superpower, if you could have one superpower, mm-hmm. what would that power be and why?
3: Oh man, <laughs> I thought about this one for a long time. If I had one superpower. <laughs> Uh, it would probably be telepathy, and this is this is the reason why. Telepathy is the ability to read people's mind, but it actually goes much deeper. It's your the ability to project your mind into the mind of other people and project your mind on various different planes, um, which essentially is you your consciousness on various different planes, and allows you to see on well, various different planes information and things that we wouldn't otherwise be able to see and perhaps on one of those planes be God. Um, um that's good. So that's 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 yeah, that's the surface reason of why I would want to have the power of telepathy.
2: Great. That that's cool. That's cool. That's that's probably the same one that I would want to um that or or being invisible.
1: Mm. I think I would want
2: to be invisible sometimes. But I think my motives for wanting to be invisible Wrong. I think it's kind of uh, a (laughs) uh, (laughs) revision. I don't know. But uh, you were talking about the mind um, with answering that question. So I want to talk about the mind just a little bit. I want to talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, in your journey, your own personal journey uh, that you're going through. And I definitely, I always like to hit a segment to talk about. mental health and other aspects of that, mm, in sure. your mind, if you begin to take your own personal journey and, you know, you begin to step away from the traditional sense of ministry and step into, you know, who you are today, were there mm-hmm. any battles in your mother? Were there any that that you had to do? Uh, to and I know there are things you had to do to reprogram your mind. What are some of those things that you had to do to reprogram your mind to be able to not lose your mind while
3: transitioning? Hmm. Man, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one.
2: <laughs> well,
3: it's it's an ongoing process. I have to say that. It is an ongoing process, um, simply because I grew up in the church, you know, for up until the age of 26, really, uh, 25, 25, yeah, um, I was an active member in the church. I was ordained, you know, I was an affirmed prophet, and uh, I, I was I preached. I taught, I wrote bylaws for various ministries. I did catechisms um, for upcoming elders and deacons. I trained upcoming elders and deacons. I was a chief adjutant. I was a chief elder and, you know, maintained protocol and youth pastor. I mean, I, 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 was, I was active. I was part of the church. And my love for God and for uh, the community that exists in the church or in Christianity hasn't, hasn't faded. Um, I simply believe that what I now know and understand um, about religion, about Christianity, what, what its foundations are, you know, one of the things that I, I'm thinking about right now is uh, the story that Jesus tells about sowing seed on good ground. And realizing, you know, coming to the realization of, you know, a prophet is not honored in his own home. And sometimes, unfortunately, you know, a lot of times in this day and age, that home for many prophets is the church. And so many of them Mm -hmm. are dishonored because of the truth that they carry, because of what they know. And, you know, I'm, I'm not for a long time I was angry about feeling like I had to leave the church. You know, I'm feeling like there was really no choice because I didn't want to mince words with the church leaders and people in the church. I want to be clear about, you know, why, you know, things, you know, why I left the church as far as I didn't identify myself as a Christian at the point that I left the church. There were certain things that I just was not going to adhere to. You know, Christians have a very strict set of moral rules. Um, and there's just some things that, you know, I, you know, we don't agree on. I think to try and change something like Christianity that's been established for 3,000 plus years at this point, um, I don't want to say it's an exercise of futility, but it's kind of a really hard thing that you're asking for you know, to force people to accept something that they simply don't want to or really have to accept. You know, people can choose to be ignorant. People can choose to be uneducated, and they want to choose to be blind when the truth is in front of them. That's their, that's their prerogative, and I believe that there's a lot of effort that has been made on the front of bringing truth and clarity, and insight, and affirmation, and inclusion to Christianity, that anyone that is rejecting those things is just, they're willfully stepping into discord. And I, I, you know, I don't have a lot of tolerance for that. And that was my biggest challenge in coming to terms with the truth of what I was learning about God. You know, it wasn't what I was taught. It wasn't you know, what I knew for the last 25 years of my entire existence on earth. It's a short existence, I'll be but it's my 25 years of existence. It's all I knew. And having my world shattered by that truth was just, you know, it was incredible. Um, But I think there's an amount of ego that was involved (laughs) in me being able to maintain sanity because I understood that regardless of what was happening, that God is in control of all of this. You know, I I feel like my world is crumbling, my foundation, everything I thought I knew, you know, I'm gay and that's like a sin, and now I want to get married, and that's definitely a sin, you know, I'm probably going to hell, you know, and coming to terms with all of that um, was like a, a, a reckoning for me. I had to decide, well, am I going to live in and lie about uh, who I am or am I going to embrace who I am and, you know, just throw caution to the wind and say, screw it. You know, if I perish, I perish. You know, I I feel like I'm in in good company with um, the various people in the Bible that I read about as a child like Eve where she wasn't scared to go before the king and present herself as she was. And I thought that I, I believe and I feel that's such a powerful statement, you know, in the face of whatever your religion is saying about you, whatever part of you, how you dress, you know, who you love, uh, what you really think about the afterlife, uh, whether you are going to be married and have sex outside of, or have sex outside of wedlock, you know, whether you don't want to have children as a woman, whether you want to be the most, you know, ambitious person. You know, I think people wrap their their desires and their dreams up in the framework of religion so much that they don't really dream. They try to become something that religion tells them that they have to be. You have to pray. You have to fast. What is that really doing? For you, right? Like, if you're slim, you're going to get skinny, you're going to become kind of looking anemic, you know, people are going to think you're not not taking care of yourself, you know, I'm trying to put on weight. I I can't be fasting all the time right now. So it's like behaviors that we exhibit on, on, you know, for, for the sake of religion, sometimes are more detrimental to our existence and our, our ultimate purpose. I'm not saying don't fast and you know, don't pray. I definitely pray every single day. But I don't pray because I'm scared something's gonna happen if I don't pray. I pray because I wanna know God. I pray because when I pray, it's not me saying, God, I it's not this religious prayer. When I it's not it's not a religious prayer. I don't say God, I thank you for this. I thank you for my and, and and I I don't go in, you know, I don't go carrying on. You know, I, I come to him like a real person, like the person that I am. And I say, how, you know, I talk to God. Hi, God, how are you doing? You know, you know I acknowledge him as, or them as, uh, that's something new that I'm, I'm trying to acquiesce in the program. I said it was an ongoing process. But when I try to speak of God, I'm trying to remove that, those various, gender pronouns that are associated with God or with religious, mm-hmm. the religious context of God. And I try to say they because you know, even in the, the Bible, it describes God as being without gender. God is a spirit. Right. They that worship God must worship God as spirit and truth. So my prayers to God are conversations with God. And I will Put thoughts and questions and dreams before God out into the atmosphere, if you will. And I will feel inside of me, sometimes I get a little rush, to be honest. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get a rush. And I feel inside of me a leaning or a tendency towards one of those things, something that I've put out in the air. And I'll know that that is a pathway that I can follow to ultimately a decision that's going to benefit my journey, my current journey in life. My ultimate goal for myself is to to be happy, to be free, to achieve true liberty, to achieve you know that just fundamental ability to choose what you want to do from day to day, and. It's a hard journey, you know. I'm taking IT classes so I can accomplish that goal, so that I can have the resources and finances to be able to live free and be able to sustain myself and my family. Um, And in the same time, I'm learning so much more about God. You know, I'm learning that in allowing yourself to want more for yourself, uh, you really are able to tap into an understanding of the abundance and the vastness of what God has created for us. You know, Mm. um, I believe that the earth is ours. It's our responsibility, but it is also ours, and I think that we should embrace that responsibility in taking care of it, maintaining it, but also being able to live from it and live off of it.
2: Definitely. I I definitely agree there, and you said something. Uh, You were talking about uh, liberty and freedom and living and being who basically who you authentically are and I don't think sometimes that people I don't think people realize sometimes how cookie cutter sometimes mm-hmm. plans and goals and objectives become it's like the creativity is taken out of them, and your your ability to dream beyond what has become the norm. Is kind of zapped or sucked right out of, right out of you. So I always commend people that are willing to go against the grain and stand up and be who they are regardless, you know, of, of what facet of who they are they have embraced. So that that was real good there because it's not easy to be who you are.
3: Not uh,
1: no. It's
2: definitely not no. easier just to conform. So when you're yeah. willing to stand up go through that process, you know, I, like I said, I definitely commend it. Been there, you know, been there. And I want to ask you a question. You were talking about how you grew up in church. How was it adjusted not to going to church, like, on a continuous basis? I know with me, when I stopped attending on a regular basis, it would be some weeks. Well, I was a Sabbath keeper, so I used to go on Saturdays. And it would be some Saturdays I would wake up and be like, well,
0: what exactly
2: do I do? Because that had just become <laughs> the norm for me. You know, so right. how did you begin to embrace the new norm, and, and what were some of the new ventures where you begin to see uh, ministry or your assignment in versus just particularly the church?
3: Well, it started slow. First, I stopped tithing. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I stopped mm-hmm. doing because I had mm-hmm. I had a little. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a long standing issue with tithing anyway, even as a child, just because I never, I did not understand the mandate for us to tithe when my, when what we see in the scripture was an act of free will. Abraham decided to do something in response to something God did for him. So I, I just, right. that always confused me. So I had an issue with tithing. So <laughs> once this whole kind of questioning, of what the truth really is, seeking, looking for the truth, started for me. Um, Tithing was instantly cut out. (laughs) And that was, like, about a few years while I was still going to church, but I just, like, stopped tithing. Um, And then I slowly but surely stopped attending certain services, didn't sing in the choir, didn't sing on the praise team, started making myself less available to Doing things as far as leading catechism, teaching classes, um, or even, you know, withdrawing completely from uh, being a youth pastor, withdrawing from being um, a chief elder as far as um, teaching and rearing deacons and elders. um, I started moving away from that stuff and then just took that way, try to take that pathway as a slow segue out of church. I, was ended up, I ended up having like a really explosive moment during a service where there was a, a preacher um, that was speaking and she started speaking about how, you know, uh, she said, why should gay people have the right to be married? Um, is this in calling it nonsense that gay people would have the right to be married? And I I'd exploded. I had I outburst. I, I, I became quite irritated and agitated and I was very vocal about it. And I left the church in a whole huff in a storm. Um, And that really was, like, the defining moment of, okay, this is the end. Church, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. This is done. I can't do this anymore. That following Sunday, when I didn't go to church, I definitely had that moment that you talk about, like, okay, what will I do now with myself? (laughs) Because I would be going to church right now. I will be getting up. I, I still get up very early. Early enough, like I get up, I still could make a service if I wanted to go to church. I get up that early. My body is just trained to get up at that time of day now. And right. I I, I realized that, you know, just because I'm not going to church doesn't mean I don't have to be spending time with God. This, this could be right. a moment for me to, to really ask these questions. You know, I think the Internet is a great technology that we have available to us as far as an information source. There's a lot of crazy stuff out there. You have to be careful. You know, you have to be wise. You have to do research upon research. You have to be willing to dig, you know. And for some reason, I was just reminded, I'm just reminded of, um, I can't even remember the exact details of the story, but it's a story in the Bible where I think it's a, this woman at the well with Jesus and he's talking to her and the idea of um, the cultural idea behind it of women going out to dig wells of water um, so that these wells could exist. And in really the digging um, for me, when I think about it right now, it's like you're digging for the water, you're digging for the truth, you're digging for that sustaining life source that is going to you know, yes. keep you going Um on, on your path, on whatever path you're choosing, and help you steer you, navigate you towards good decisions that are going to bring you to success, bring you to an abundance of life. Um, committing yourself, that will really test you as far as your faith, whether or not you truly are committed to getting closer to God. You don't go to church, so you have all the time in the world to really study to really, even if it's just watching a documentary, you know, there's so much stuff on Netflix, there's so much stuff on Hulu, you know, let yourself uh, become immersed in different ideas about God, and you're going to find the truth. There's truth in all of it, not just one thing. There's truth in all of it. Um, And you have to be willing to have your world shattered. (laughs) Um, not going to church was like a world shattering thing for me because I really did not know what to do with myself. I was like stuck for at least like a good three months not knowing what to do with all that time. And I it the first thing I realized when I finally started getting some footing on on all that time was gosh, I've wasted so much time just doing what, the same thing over and over and over again and not getting any kind of result. That's insanity. It's the mm. definition of insanity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's insanity. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, I'm sorry. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's just a frustrating realization. Yeah. And it's crazy a you don't realize
2: it. You don't realize the frustration behind it until you step out of
1: it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're
2: out of it. You're like, wait a minute. Like, I missed all these opportunities. As you said, to get to know God in a a greater sense and to be able to understand, you know, even who I am in a a greater sense. And you said something. We only have about four minutes left now. Once we get off, if you have time, I do want to continue on just for a little bit. Um, Sure. But you said something about uh, prophets, and, you know, being a prophet myself, I, I get excited talking about the prophetic. Um, but you said that about the prophets understanding that they, they're they not welcome in the church. And I think that that was one of the things that pushed me even more to purpose to understand, because to be honest with you, I didn't realize how closed minded I was. Until mm-hmm. God began to transition me, because mm-hmm. you know I growing up you say, I, 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 God can use me anywhere, but we're mm-hmm. programmed to believe that the prophetic is, is for the house, it's just that right mm-hmm. there for, for that specific house or wherever God has you, it's always involved with the church culture, and I got to say the greatest thing that happened to me, you know as a prophet was leaving. Because mm-hmm. it opens oh, yeah. the world up so much so yeah. much so i I encourage you if you are a prophet out there and you are struggling with the concept and the idea of it, allow God to stretch you beyond mm-hmm. you, even while the strength understand Absolutely. we we always talk about ministry being outside of the four walls, and we talk about the mountains of influence and all of those things, but really begin to allow God to show you where he's called you to be and show you, uh, you know, just so many opportunities that are out there for you instead of trying to condense what you've been called to do in this culture that, that just is yeah. just not there for, but look real quick, we have about two and a half minutes left. I'm going to give <laughs> you a minute and a half. To give your last words to everybody. Then I'm going to take okay. that about last minute and go ahead and, um, close out, and then as I said, if you're able to stay on, I want you to just stay on for a couple more minutes so we can keep keep the conversation going, but i put it in your hands. Also, don't forget to let people know how they can connect with you as well.
3: Okay. Um, Well, um, the last time I was on the show, I ended with this scripture from Proverbs, and I think I'm going to do it again um, just because it's 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 like a, a bit of a mantra for me right now. Um, and it's Proverbs 3, 6. Um, and the scripture says in the King James Version, <laughs> in all thy ways acknowledge him or acknowledge them, God, and they shall direct thy paths with an S on the end of it. You know, so often the scripture is misquoted, misinterpreted, and the paths is called paths, and people don't put the plural on it. There are so many ways to get to God. There's so many ways to get to the truth. Um, Even in math, in science, there's never just one pathway to take in order to find a solution. The solution that you're looking for is God. The solution that you're looking for is the truth. Um, And don't be afraid to take a journey that takes you down a pathway that not many people have taken, that takes you down a pathway that may not seem familiar or may seem uncomfortable as, as you said earlier, there's there's so much authority in places that you, you're, you're uncomfortable because it, it allows you actually freedom to make a decision without having to think about the real consequences of that decision. You don't know what's going to happen anyway, so just choose. Choose to go on the journey. Choose to get to know God. Choose to get to know yourself and choose to be free.
2: That's great. Again... Uh, Samuel, we th- we thank you for being with us on tonight. I also thank everyone for joining us. Do not forget to join us this month. I have Willie Saunders, the third Monday of this month, and Dr. Jesse Saunders, the fourth Friday of this month. All right, guys? To stay up to date with everything that I have going on, visit my website, com. Also, uh, follow me on all of my social media platforms. Just type in my name. Clifton Petty John, thank you again for tuning in today. Without any of you, there would be no show at all. And as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Be blessed. All right, we are off the air. Do you have a couple minutes to stay on with us?
3: Yes, I do. I can stay.
2: Okay, awesome, awesome. Because I also want to... um. I want you to go here right now and tell people how to connect with you, too.
3: All right. Well, actually, recently I've kind of come off of Facebook, but I do have a Facebook account. It's S-J Bell Spires, B-E-L-L-S-P-I-R-E. Um, that's my name on Facebook. If you want to request me, just send it. It probably will fit because I don't know how long I'm going to be off Facebook, but I'm not on there right now. But when I get back on there, I will come back. I am coming back. Um, but I just needed a moment to get away from all the noise, and I think that's something that everybody should do once in a while.
2: Definitely, definitely. We know whenever we have those moments, when we come back, we come back refreshed. Mm-hmm. We come back energized. We come back more enlightened than we've ever been. So that's great that you're experiencing that. Um now let's talk about. Uh, do you have any projects coming up, whether musically or you know? Um, I don't know. You talk about doing a lot of research, so I assume that a book is coming at some point, or books are coming <laughs> at some point. Oh my uh, God! So I just want to um, think...
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, everyone that uh, you know, most of my friends, you know, always pushing me towards writing writing a book. I have, I've, I write a lot. I do write a lot and I have a, a lot of things written down. And it would not be very difficult for me to put a book together. Um, I don't want to say that I'm working on a project because if I say that, then there will be expectations and anticipation, but I am definitely in the brainstorming phase of something. Is, okay. that, is that sufficient? <laughs> that's, sufficient. That, that's sufficient.
2: That's sufficient. That's <laughs> sufficient. I, I, I get it. Um, I'll tell people for a long time I've been the brainstorming stage of it and then I'll hit them with it. So I definitely understand what you're saying there. Now, let's talk about um, those who have inspired you along the way. We here we call them transforming transformers, those who have served as mentors, uh, you know, in the church sense, spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, those who have been mm-hmm. on your team, the core that have pushed you sometimes when, you know, you just needed that pushing. I'm going to give you an opportunity to with us. either one or two individuals that have served that in your life, or three individuals if
3: you need three? Three individuals in my life. All right. Well, I definitely had to say my old man. Um, his name is Jonathan Butler. He's a professor mm-hmm. at the University of the District of Columbia. He's a voice professor. Okay. He also teaches music theory. Um, he was my vocal coach when I attended uh, UDC. Um, and for the last 10 years, I've Acknowledge this old man As my father As my old man He's not my biological father But um, he is someone Who definitely 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 Has taught me a lot About being a man um, Being A a child of God um, Has taught me a lot About music And Just has been A great example Of uh, A good decent. Human being, and a liberated human being at that. Um, another person would be uh, one of my best friends. His name is Derek Thompson, um, and he is just an academic juggernaut. Um, he, Doctor, I should, I'm sorry, excuse me, Doctor Derek Thompson. He just got his PhD recently, um, and he's he's a great inspiration to me because. He just he just does whatever he wants, like he wants to get his master's degree he got it in no time. He was like, mm, I think I'll get a doctor's degree got his doctor's degree like I think he has two master's degrees now, and he really just does whatever he wants he for me is uh an example of what it means to be a free person as far as um his him Attaining and chasing his dreams And chasing his goals He sets a goal, whatever he says he's going to do He absolutely follows through on it I mean he follows through like nothing I've ever seen And so he's a huge inspiration for that Um, The third person That I would say That I'm definitely inspired by Would be my husband Um, He definitely (laughs) He definitely is An interesting person um, um, he's like very serious about his peace he's very serious about maintaining just his chill if I can say it like that um, he he's like for me he's not typical he's not churchy or really religious or anything like that he doesn't get into um, religion or anything like that um, he's you know just a regular person just a regular guy but he's an example of the kinds of people that you talked about earlier that don't go to church don't really engage in all the religious antics but they search for God they search for truth they search for understanding they search for wisdom um, and knowledge of things and forces and concepts that are greater than all of us um, and he, he does that. He does that in stage. Um And he's a, he's a great person all around. He's helpful. He's sincere. And he's genuine. Um, and it, it's something that uh, really helps me because I have a hot temper um, when I watch him and see him deal with the things and drama and trouble that he deals with in his life. But still kind of keeps an even keel when he has to deal with others and he's nice and kind and sees others despite the crap that he suffers in his life. Um, that's something that I, I'm, I'm inspired by because I have a bad temper and I don't really like people. And I'm quick to snap at somebody, but he's a little bit gentler than I am. I'm trying to learn how to be more like him <laughs> and be less quick to, <laughs> to go off. <laughs>
2: Well that's good that you, you he balances you out. That's great there. That that's definitely a great thing there. But listen, we salute everybody that he honored on tonight. We thank you for the impact and the input that you are leaving in the lives of other individuals. We thank you for standing and being transforming, transforming. Mm-hmm. Now I have one more question, then we're gonna close this out. Um you are a uh um, so you were talking about how you like to play video games. Now, yeah. for those who are in search of God and all of those other things, how do you how did you find balance in your life because there are some that feel as if they have to be like so serious, like I'm searching for God, my eyes are closed, <laughs> you can see the veins in my forehead <laughs> I'm just walking around. Everybody thinks I'm mad, but I'm not mad. I'm I just being serious because I have to be serious with God. How did you? <laughs> how did you get that balance in your life? And and what would you say to somebody that that is, you know, young or even not even, you know, young, a little more seasoned, that kind of needs to learn, you know, that that chill side too, and that you can have fun and you still can be serious in your pursuit of God. Hmm. Well, first
3: I would say God is in everything. I mean, everything. Yeah. You know, from, you know, some of our darkest, most probably, you know, not so good passions to the really saint-like and what we would call holiness, going to church, tithing, all that kind of stuff, Um, being a good neighbor, you know, uh, I would say that when you're a search for God, your journey to get to know God, is doesn't have to be like this chore, you know. You could be playing your video game, for example. Like I could be playing my video game, just standing out, playing my video game. And also at the same time, thinking about, you know, what it means to have the Holy Ghost, right? I, I I like this idea that Christianity has as far as having this really intimate connection with the Spirit of God and to the place where that Spirit can manifest physically on the outside of you through the way you speak, through the way you move, um, uh, through the way you emote, um, and I, I I believe that the Holy Ghost is something that is real, you know, and Sometimes I play in my video game, and like I might level up, and it will excite me um yeah. it'll excite me because I' see something in the game, but then because I was raised in the church and I have that i you know, have that churchiness in me, I'll see that thing say <laughs> level up, and I'm like, oh, mm, my god i'm loving I'm leveling <laughs> up." <laughs> You know, I will feel it really in my spirit as well. <laughs> and you know, I, I don't think I don't think that's wrong. You know, I think it's funny and it's definitely it definitely it definitely I think a lot of people could definitely relate to that when they're watching a movie and they may hear a line in the movie that really speaks to something in their spirit and it's like, mm, that was good. Yeah, that was great. You know, and I think that is something that we should practice more of. You know, if there's anything that we should practice, it should be ingesting and digesting things that really speak to our spirits, things that affirm who we are, things, things that affirm our dreams and our goals and our desires in life. Um, and don't be afraid um, when you're finding yourself enjoying something that's not church or enjoying something that's not your religion. No, it's good. It's good to have experiences that are not the same. It's good to have diverse experiences. That's how you learn more. That's how you grow.
2: Definitely. Now, I know that I said that that was the last question, but I have one more, and then it is definitely <laughs> the last question. But I want to play the devil's advocate a little bit because you said right. God is in everything. You mm-hmm. said God is in everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How how did you grasp that concept? Because, you know, playing the devil advocate, it's just something God ain't in. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody tells me. I know my God, and you can't tell me my God is in that. How did We're you get to grips with okay. how, No, go ahead, go ahead.
3: How did I? How did I?
2: How did I? How did you come to grips with understanding, or did you always have the mindset that God was in everything? Because you know, sometimes I know, like I always share my my story. I came from that close bondedness that it's just something's things God ain't it? And as I grew and evolved, I began to realize, wait a minute, God mm-hmm. is in that. So <laughs> how did you that, and how did you embrace that? Um and how would you communicate that to somebody else too that that has that mindset because that's what's been drilled inside of them that it just isn't some things that God isn't in. Or it's just some things that God isn't in.
3: You know, my my mind goes to the creation story in Genesis and how God breathes after he molds man out of the dirt, he breathes into man. My mind thinks about the spirit of God moving upon the face of the water, that same spirit inhabiting every living creature, you know, and every living creature, including human beings, that same spirit, you know, pushing men, pushing mankind to evolve and develop technologies that, you know, are able to do things that, We couldn't imagine in our wildest dreams, some of those things are destroying, like, nuclear bombs. Some of those things are creating, like, the ability to farm and plant trees and grow crops and raise animals. You know, I think the notion that God is, oh, my God, I'm scared to say this.
1: (laughs) The notion that God is.
3: the (laughs) 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 The notion that, for me, the notion that God is good and God is not bad is something that is a little bit counterintuitive. If God created everything, He also created the darkness. If everything came from God, that means darkness came from God. Or that means darkness doesn't exist, and we're all, it's all in our heads, which would mean Lucifer doesn't exist, and it's all in our heads. And that may also be true, but I don't know if people are really ready to embrace that level of consequence when they're thinking about the nature of God. You know, is he a benevolent God in the sense that he's doing what we want him to do? Because that's how we assess whether something is good or bad. Does it benefit us? Is it good for us? Is it bad for us? That's how we assess it. That's not objective. You know, and God doesn't exist or conform to what we want him to do or we want them to do. You know, I believe God is indeed in everything because everything emanated from God. So how could it not?
2: Mm. Now we're gonna stop right there because I said that was gonna be my last question. But we definitely gonna to have to get you to talk about God being in good and God being in, you know, not. Good. We're gonna we're gonna have to bring you back so we can unpack <laughs>
1: because
2: that that's a show right there in and of itself. Uh, so again, I thank you for joining us on tonight, listeners. I thank each and every one of you for joining us. Don't forget, as I said, the third. Monday of this month, I'm sitting down with Willie Saunders. He is a mentor and a professional speaker. And then the fourth Friday of this month, I'm sitting down with Dr. Jesse Saunders, who is a therapist. So I want you guys to join us again. And as I always say, I already closed it out. But I just want to remind you, just continue to be who you were created to be make the moves to get as close to who you were created to be as possible all right guys again thank you for joining us on tonight and we are out of
0: here peace so i know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment and if you do you may not need a full overhaul at the moment however you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, this is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, You can do both by visiting yoursupernormal.com. Let's
1: get it.